Ecclesia is a new church trying to live out the way of Jesus in Princeton, New Jersey. We pray this teaching invites you to love Jesus and people more deeply and to embrace the full life that Jesus offers each one of us. Grace and peace to you. Good morning, Ecclesia. My name is Zachariah Nepper. I'm one of the Princeton Seminary interns serving you guys this summer, along with Derek Wu, who preached last week. Uh, he, so he preached last week, I'm preaching this week, and we're giving a little break to Ian because him and Courtney just gave birth to little Silas Peterson Graham, which we are so happy to welcome into our community. We can't wait to meet him, and he is a deeply, deeply loved child of God already. Um, along with today um, being a celebration of Silas, today is also Father's Day. Um, so as a matter of fact, this is kind of my gift to my dad. Um, his son gets to preach a sermon on Father's Day. I guess at the end we'll find out if it's a good gift or not. But uh, yeah, so I wanted to lift up some Father's Day joys. But we also recognize on Father's Day that a lot of people don't have um, relationships that are positive with their fathers. So we wanted to lift up laments as well. Um, if you are one of those people, we see you and we love you. And I just want to remind you, you have a father in heaven and uh, he loves you. He cares for you. And not only that, but you have a community and we, we will love to surround you and love you. Um, yeah. So, um, this current sermon series that we're going through is stargazing and it's focusing on blessings. So, Ian, on the first Sunday of the sermon series a couple weeks ago, he preached about the four P's of blessing. Presence, people, provision, and praise. And so today's passages are out of Matthew 5, 3 through 12, and Luke 6, 20 through 23. And we're going to kind of go through those four P's as we look through these passages, uh, more commonly known as the Sermon on the Mount and the Sermon on the Plain, or just the Beatitudes. So without further ado, we'll go ahead and read those passages. I'm reading out of the ESV. All right, Matthew 5, 3 through 12. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for the righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And now reading out of Luke 6. And he lifted his eyes on his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you and revile you, and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day, and leap for joy. For behold, your reward is great in heaven, for so their fathers did to the prophets. This is the word of the Lord. So back to the four Ps. Presence, people, provision, and praise. The first is presence. 
Ian kind of talked about it on, on a couple weeks ago, but I really wanted to nail in that the essence of blessing begins with the presence of God. Too many times, too often, what blessing is talked about is some sort of positive experience happening to you, a physical representation of being blessed. Prosperity Gospels talk about the idea of God bringing you wealth and good things, good fortune as the blessing of God. Follow the way of Christ, it is said, and you will have good things in your life, a good home, a good marriage, food and drink, the list goes on. This is not the blessing that God promises. When I was reading through this, I was thinking about the verse in Matthew 8, where a man, a teacher of the law, comes to Jesus and says, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replies, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. The life of a Christian is not an easy one. We are required to take up our crosses, symbolizing our death, and follow Christ. Speaking of Christ, the presence of Christ, preaching the Beatitudes, enlightens us that these are not just moral codes to attain to, like a prosperity gospel may tell you they are. Do these things, and you will have good things. Jesus is both the preacher and the result of the sermon. Jesus is proclaiming the blessing that is already right in front of you. Blessed are the hunger, those, those who hunger for I am here. I will bless you. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. For I am here, I will bless you. The presence of Christ is not just human and not just divine, but both. And I think it's important that we have these two different accounts in order to testify to that. The Matthew Gospel is spiritual, focuses on the postures of the heart and the soul. The Luke Gospel is actual, referring to the destitute and the oppressed that are in this world. Make no mistake, both come together just as Christ comes together as God and man. Both are important to the heart of God. When I was young, a lot of the Gospels and the sermons that I would hear would talk about the position of your heart. Allow your hearts to become pure and you will see God. Hunger and thirst for righteousness and you will be blessed. And then they would talk about caring for the poor in some sort of ancillary form. I don't think that's actually what's going on here. I think Jesus deeply cares about changing the lives of those who need it for the better. When I was growing up, um, my father had a friend named Philip Prasad. He was a man from India. He was born into the Dalit class, which translates to the untouchables. Basically, they are the lowest of the low. Out of the grand scheme of where um, people come from, they don't even come from the gods. They are below the gods and therefore not considered people. Philip was given the opportunity to come to America. He was given a college education. He had a job. And he discovered who Christ was and came to know Christ. Then he realized, as he was visiting his family back home, that Christ was calling him to ministry in India, to be there, to be the voice of Christ for those people. So, him being my father's friend, and my, my dad's actually been part of the ministry for, I think it's 30, 35 years. Um, he took, my, my dad took the whole family, me, my mom, my brother, and uh, a couple friends over to India when I was nine years old. And that was a deeply formative experience for me because I still consider it to this day of why I do trust in Christ, why I think Christ is real and alive. 
Um, when we were there, Philip was telling us a story. He was actually translating the story as a man was telling it to us about how he, as an untouchable, was trying to find work to feed his family. And in order to get to the work that was far away, he needed to get, hop on a bus and go there to work to get paid. When he went on the bus, the bus driver asked him, what is, what is your caste? What, where are you from? And he said, I'm, I'm a Dalit. And the bus driver kicked him off the bus. The man said that later he came to know Christ as Phil was preaching. And he came to understand that Christ cared for him and loved him. No matter, no matter where he's from, he loved him. And even though he was poor, Christ still wanted to bless him. The next day, after that happened, the man said that he went to the bus. And the bus driver asked him the same question. Where are you from? And the man answered, I'm a Christian. And the bus driver didn't know what to do, so he let him on the bus. I don't think that's just a coincidence. I think that is an actual power of Christ thing in this world. Christ doesn't just want us to give the poor a sandwich and move on. Christ is here to change systems of power, to change people's lives for the better in real, concrete terms. I believe in that Jesus. I believe that Jesus is alive. And I believe that him preaching these Beatitudes as the preacher and the sermon, I think that is the heart of this. Speaking of caring for people, we come to the second P, which is people. This is referring to the community of faith. As I was reading through this and thinking of how to kind of connect people to the other blessing aspects, I thought of the verse from John 12. Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he says, And I, when I am lifted up, will draw all to myself. John specifically says this is referring to Jesus' death. Jesus is talking about how he would die on a cross, lift it up, and it would draw all to himself. Of course, death and resurrection is not a byword to Jesus' birth and his life. <clears throat> the action of Christ preaching the blessing and being the blessing, as we discussed above, leads to the community of faith being drawn towards Christ. And that's the connection I see. Jesus isn't just drawing all to himself in his death, but in his birth, his life, his resurrection, and his death, and his eventual coming again. So in terms of community, in terms of these people of faith, what does this look like? When I was young in high school and youth group, uh, I was told that marriage looks like a triangle. You have two people, and you have Christ. As they draw nearer to Christ, they draw near to each other resulting in a happy, fruitful marriage. I do think it's a good idea for marriage, but I think it's an even better illustration of what community looks like, what the people of God look like. We draw close to each other as we draw close to our King, Jesus. So, in terms of actuality, what does this look like? Well, the Beatitudes, they're indicative of what this community of faith can look like. For those of us today who already trust in Christ, who already believe in Christ, I find it helpful to look at these Beatitudes in reverse. Matthew 5, 9. Um, Blessed are those who are peacemakers, for they shall be children of God. Let's look at that in reverse. The children of God will be peacemakers and are therefore blessed to be by the presence of God. In Luke 6, those that inherit the kingdom of God are the poor and are therefore blessed by the presence of God. These reversals, I think, are important for us today because we call ourselves children of God. Are we peacemakers? We'll get into that a little later. In these theme of reversals, we also lift each other up as we draw towards Christ. 
We lift each other up towards Christ as we lift others up towards Christ as well. In the Matthew spirituals, we lift up the meek to the strength of Christ. We show mercy and are shown mercy. In the Luke actuals, we show the incarnate Christ to the hungry when we feed them. We lift people up to the incarnate Christ when we lift up the poor among us. We were talking, Derek and I, about the work of social justice on Tuesday's podcast. We talk a little bit more on Friday. We help the oppressed and the poor to lift people up towards our hope, our King Jesus. Speaking of the work of social justice, we come to the third P, provision. The strength and courage given to those in the community of faith. Standing against injustice all over, and in the current moment we are in in America, means taking a stand against white supremacy and racism that has been baked into the American psyche for centuries, along with all other evils such as sexual slavery, abuse, violence, fears, anxieties. It makes for a seemingly insurmountable obstacle to the joy and strength of God. Not only that, but we don't live in a place where Jesus is walking around among us in flesh and blood. We can't just high-five Jesus and make all the problems go away. Yet we are not left without provision. Let's think of Matthew 5 and the reversal of Matthew 5 that we said we'd get to later. Today in the church, we are known as the children of God. Our identity as Christ's followers is into the adoption of God's family. We are the children of God. And if we are the children of God, should we not then peace, be peacemakers? Not simply those who calm down conflict or bury aggression down deep, but those who solve conflict and dissolve aggression. As we make peace in this world, we are blessed. And how are we blessed? With the presence of God in the Spirit. In the beginning of Acts, Jesus says to the disciples, For John baptized with water, but I baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is our provision today. The Holy Spirit gives us strength and power to be peacemakers in a world fraught with death and darkness. We are the gleanings of the field that provide hope to the world, that hope being King Jesus. And now we come to our final, our final P, praise. When I think of this as an aspect of blessing, I think of praise as the outpouring of praise that comes from abundance of blessing. I think of a cup being filled up with the presence of God, filled to the brim, spilling over all around. And when I think of praise, I'm not just thinking of worship moments, singing in a crowd or praying, having a devotional. I'm not thinking of moments. I'm thinking of a life lived with the knowledge of walking with God. Of course, this doesn't always mean that we're happy-go-lucky, joyful people all the time. That, that's, a, that's a prosperity gospel telling you that the life of a Christian is easy. We've already know, we know that it is not, for Jesus says that it's not. But, I, but God walks with both our laments and our joys. Blessing as presence is brought out in a life of praise, knowing that Jesus walks with you in darkness and in light. So for some final thoughts, the four Ps, presence, that we are blessed by the presence of God and the two-natured Christ. People, we are in a community of faith that draws closer to each other as we draw closer to Jesus and lift up those who don't know Jesus towards him. Provision, that we are sustained by the Holy Spirit in our work of bringing hope to this world. 
praise, that we live a life of praise knowing that we are walking with our Redeemer. What does this mean for you this week? A lot of my sermon has been talking about large themes, the Christian walk as it looks over a lifetime, what it means to be a church. But how can you experience the presence of Jesus this week? How can you draw near to the people of Jesus this week? Are you accessing your provision that is the Holy Spirit? What does a life of praise with the knowledge of walking with Jesus look like in the days to come? I don't necessarily have the answers for you. We as a community can draw close to each other in talking about these. Derek and I, I'm sure, will talk about it more on our podcast, shameless plug. But uh, as a church, I think it's important that we think about these questions as we go into our daily lives with our families, with our friends, especially in a time of pandemic when we aren't seeing each other very often. I think it's very important for us to individually and communally think about what it means to have these four Ps throughout our life. So in closing, I'll pray us out. (sighs) Heavenly Father, we thank you for the blessing that is your presence. We thank you for your provision that we get to live a life of praise with your people. As we go into this week, I pray that our community of faith, the church, both intimate and global, can find ways to access you this week. I pray that in these times of darkness, that we continually access your provision to give us strength. Thank you for these Beatitudes. Thank you for being the person to preach to us. And thank you for sending your son to us. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information, please visit www.ecclesianj.com.